greatest enemy? And I'm not talking about Satan or anything like that. What is our greatest enemy? Death. How many are glad that Jesus overcame death? That's the topic that we're going to have this morning. Death defeated. And the objective this morning is that we would have no fear of death and we would live for Christ, the one who conquered death. Death. We'll be in the 11th chapter of John. Our family theme is that Christ does have power over death. We have three key truths. Number one, we can trust the timing of Jesus. Number two, his, Jesus gives resurrection and life. And number three, Jesus is compassionate and he is powerful. Under our connect this morning, the question we're asking is this. Have you ever been late to a really important appointment or forgot about it? Anybody want to share a time like that in your life? What happened? Okay. Did you get did you get charged for it? Sometimes you do. Somebody else. One of our, I shared it before, but one of our former pastors had a wedding schedule, and it was just a small wedding uh, one afternoon during the week. And uh, he called me later that day. He said, "You know, I was he went to visit somebody, and and uh, he said I come back, and it was four or five cars in the parking lot of the church. And I, he said, I thought, what's going on? Then it dawned on him." He was an hour late for a wedding he was supposed to do an hour earlier. So he was quite a bit embarrassed about that. And so we know what an appointment is. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and again, I, I don't, and I know, I know the couple, I knew the couple that he was going to marry that day, that former pastor of mine. And uh, I don't know how they felt that day, but I did talk with them afterwards about it, you know, sometime afterwards, and they laughed about it then. But sometimes things, things are not funny when they happen until... Maybe sometime later. So, uh, you know, sometimes we can be embarrassed about being late. Uh, and, and again, I think probably almost everyone has been uh, late for an appointment or something at one time or the other. I know that uh, I was doing something the other day, and Jeremy made a comment about me. And, and I am notorious for running late, except when it comes to church. I don't like being late for church. But anyway, I have that... Uh, that kind of a, a reputation of being late for everything else. Well, today, uh, we're going to find out how some of those who followed Christ, and some close friends of his actually, uh, felt uh, when they thought that Jesus had shown up late for something that was very, very important to them. But the good news is, Jesus showed them he's right on time. My friend, he always is. As you study the scriptures and the gospels especially, uh, we find that Jesus uh, referred to himself several ways uh, in the gospels. He called himself the door. He called himself the bread of life. He called himself the light of the world and a list of others. Uh, But today we're going to find out a time when Jesus referred to himself as the resurrection and the light. Our text is in John 11. We're going to read the first 16 verses, and we can trust Jesus' timing. Somebody volunteer and read that for me, please.
Thank you, Dan. Uh, wow, what a what a, tr- a tremendous story here. Uh, let's kind of walk through this together, and uh, rather than me just lecturing on this part, what's what's going on here? Let's just, let's talk about it. What's going on? Okay, absolutely. Now, again, uh, a good observation, Dan. <clears throat> we know the whole story, of course. Um, the disciples didn't. And it's interesting, uh, of course, I know John is writing in verse 1, that there was a certain man, sick, his name was Lazarus. How many know that Jesus cares for individuals? Do you think Jesus knows your name? She read really us. But anyway, like you said, whatever they were doing there, um, Lazarus has two sisters. Who are they? Who's his two sisters? Okay. You ever heard of them before? Sure you have. Okay. Uh, Martha was a busy one. Um, Mary was one that spent more time on meditation, things like that. In fact, John even tells us here in chapter 11... Of course, he didn't, have, he didn't write it in chapter, but in the next chapter, he refers to the same Mary that would wash the feet of Jesus with her hair. So we know that. So we have Lazarus, uh, his two sisters, Martha and Mary. And what, what was their relationship with Christ? Very close friend. Now, again, they were followers, and, uh, but yet very, very, very dear followers. Uh, the Bible says they lived in a small village named Bethany. And Bethany was located about two miles out of Jerusalem. And so uh, when this story unfolds, that's why there would be a lot of uh, people in that area at that time. But nonetheless, that's where it was located. So uh, there they are. And they get news of what? What kind of news do they get? Yeah, he's sick. Now, again, our text doesn't say he's dying. We know that he is. Uh, but the Greek word for sick there, it means a debilitating disease. It's not just a head cold. It's a, you know, Jesus knew it was serious. Okay, let's, let's, let's pause here for a moment and think for a second, okay? By the way, where Jesus was at was two days' journey from Bethany. And... Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, without a doubt, were special friends with Jesus. So, they send, Martha and Mary send a messenger to Jesus, telling him, our brother, Lazarus, is sick. And again, a debilitating sickness. Uh, First of all, just an observation here. What could they tell Jesus that he didn't already know? Nothing. He knew it. But let's put it in context for a moment. Being, a, being their relation very close like it was, when Martha and Mary sent word to Jesus, our brother's sick, when do you think they expected him to come? Right away. You know, no matter what you're doing, drop what you're doing, and we want you to come 
right away. So the word comes, and right away, the G- Jesus says to the disciples, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. So evidently, Jesus didn't know that Lazarus would die before he gets there. He knew that. Yeah, he knew that. But also interesting is this. uh, In Mark chapter 9, that that man was born blind. You remember the story? The disciples said, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents? What's the reason he's blind? And Jesus, there's no point in that. That's not the reason. This is for the glory of God. And so when Jesus told the disciples, this is not unto death. This sickness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God that I might be glorified. No, they did not. But they were going to see it. They were going to see it. And you're right, Dan. Now, remember, we've had the advantage of, you know, if you're like me, you've lost count of how many times you've read their story or heard it preached or taught. So we know the story. But the disciples were living it out. And Dan, you're right. They had no idea. Now, verse 5 reminds us that Jesus did love Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But verse 6 is something that surprises us. What's that? Yeah, he waited two more days. He waited two days. Two days go by and Jesus said, okay, fella, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to Judea. Now, remember, he left there because things were getting too hot down there, too dangerous. Now, again, let me remind you, Jesus was not afraid of anyone. He wasn't afraid of dying, but he wasn't going to let it happen before his time came. So that's why they left Judea to begin with. I don't know what it is about myself sometimes, but when I'm praying, I catch myself reminding Jesus about something. What's wrong with that? Yeah, he might need to remind me, but he didn't need reminded. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, you know, but his disciple reminded him of something. Don't you remember the last time we were there? Don't you remember how they set out to kill you and you want to go back? Back there again? And then in verse 9, Jesus gives a remarkable answer. And, and Dan, like you said earlier, when he said the sickness was, sickness was not unto death, I'm not quite sure they understood verse 9 either. Now, certainly you can you can break it apart and analyze it. Jesus sort of asked a rhetorical question. He says, are there not 12 hours in a day? And what's the answer? Yeah, they knew that. 
But he went on to say, if you walk in the daytime, the sun is shining, at least you've got light. And you won't stumble. And he said the reason is because you see the light of this world. Now I realize that God created light before he did the sun and the moon. But literally, who is the light of the world? Jesus is. But then he says in verse 10, if you walk in the night, you're going to fall. Because there's no light in him. And I must confess, I think I would have missed what he was saying, and the disciples did as well. But here's what we need to understand. Whatever God asks us to do, or whatever it is we're doing in serving God, whether He asks us a particular thing or not, if we are walking in the will of God, what can happen to us that God does not approve of? Nothing. Or that God does not allow? Nothing. And so, the disciples said, Lord, wow, we go. If you go back there, you're going to lose your life. And his words are simply this. My life is in the hands of God the Father. I want to do his will. And as long as I'm walking in his will, as long as we are walking in his will, God will not allow anything to happen to us that does not pass through his hands. Now, don't take that to the extreme to mean that everything is always going to turn out all right. But we have to trust and believe in the providence of God. So he says to the disciples, we've got to work while it is day. Another time he said, the night comes when no man can work. So I ask you again, Jesus knew the threat the last time he was in Judea. Do you think he was afraid to go back this time? Not at all. So once he said about the light and the darkness, the Bible says, Lazarus is sleeping. So let's go down there so I can wake him up out of my sleep. How many know that God is in a nap? When I used to work at General Motors, we had a 20-minute, a 23-minute break before supper, before lunch, and 23 minutes after sometime, you know, in between the two. And everybody knew, don't come and talk to Roland Luthie. He's taking him a nap on his break. And don't wake him up. If he's next to get a nap. Now, first break. Second break, I never did. And then it was it was just, in a, I worked in the paint department, and everybody that knew me, they wanted to talk to me. They waited for the second break to come and talk to me. The unister was a good friend of mine, and uh, I don't know why we hit it off so well, but we did. 
And he almost every night would come and talk to him, but never the first break. He knew better than do that. Sunday afternoon. Unless you're dying, don't call my house. Now, I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit exaggerated about that. But Jesus told the disciples, Lazarus is taking a nap. He's sleeping. I'm going to go down and wake him up. What do the disciples say to him? What, Dan? Now, wait a minute. You're going too quick here now. Verse, verse 10, 12. Well, if he's sleeping, if he's taking a nap, let him alone. He's okay. But, Dan, what did Jesus really mean? Yeah, he was dead. He was dead. Now, they thought for sure he's talking about taking a nap, but no, he's, he's dead. Verse 15, what did Jesus say there? What's he glad about? I'm glad I wasn't there. I am for your sakes. I am glad I wasn't there. See what? Why do you think he said that? Well, I think the answer is in the same verse. He said, to the intent that you may believe. I want you to see what I can do. Now, please understand, uh, Jesus wasn't being egotistic here. These disciples were going to carry on the message of the gospel after he left this world. And if they're going to do that, they have to be convinced of the one they are preaching about, and that's Jesus Christ. So he says, I'm glad that I, for your sake. Now, but something else I want to point out. <clears throat> uh, now, remember, the news had come, Lazarus is sick. Two days later, Jesus says, Lazarus is dead. Wait a minute. All Jesus got word of that he was sick. How did Jesus know he was dead? He knows everything. He knows everything. Then verse 16. What a what a statement. You ever hear of Thomas before? What, what kind of, uh, how do we know him as a lot of times? We, we call him what? Doubting Thomas. And uh, I don't know for sure, but uh, I, I think there's probably most of us, maybe before we even got saved or got into God's Word, we were hear people call somebody a doubting Thomas. Why did he get that moniker? Why did he get that nickname? Oh, what a nickname, but just, yeah, he doubted the resurrection at first. John talks about Thomas, the one called Didymus. What does Didymus, anybody know what Didymus, Didymus means, if I can say it? It means twin, meaning what? He had a twin brother. We don't know nothing about his brother. 
But what does Thomas say? And remember, 11 of them said, Lord, let's, let's don't go down there. I mean, they tried to kill you last time, so what's Thomas say? He's going to die. I want to die with him. What a statement of loyalty. What a statement for Thomas to make. If he is going to die, let's go so we can die with him. What a story. Waste two days before he leaves. And, and Dan, you're right, the disciples still misunderstood his words and his purposes for the most part. So let's apply it. God can bring glory to his name through all things, including the death of his One of our famous go-to verses in Romans 8:28, For all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them who are of the call according to His purpose. And whenever we are walking in the will of God, we can have the confidence that nothing happens to us that he doesn't allow and use for his glory. Nothing. Doesn't mean everything is good, but it will be used for his glory. So Martha and Mary send news, and they're waiting. My question is why is waiting not easy? Yeah. How many like to wait? If somebody says, let's meet at 10.05. When five minutes after 10 come, you begin, and they're not there, you begin doing what? Huh? Why there? Okay. Looking at your watch. You know, it's five after 10. And I think the fact of the matter is struggle. Uh, struggle we all struggle with patience. We all struggle with that. When we're waiting on God, what can we remember that will help us be patient? What can we remember that will help us be patient when we're waiting on God? Say it again. Yes. Does he love us? Yeah. Does he, want, does he want what's best for us? Yes. And we do need to wait on God's time. So first key point is we can trust the timing of Jesus. Key point number two. Jesus gives resurrection and life. Somebody volunteer and read verse 17 through 29. Then when Jesus came 
he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, about 40 miles. And many of the Jews, I'm sorry, I may back up. I'm, reading, I'm thinking about where he was at, where he traveled from. Death is only two miles from Jerusalem. Verse 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met with him. And Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. When she, had said, when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. They traveled the 40 miles to Bethany. And when they get there, now remember, Jesus already knew this. But how long had he been dead? Four days. So he waited two days. Takes two days to get there, so four days have gone by. So if you put the numbers together... By the time Jesus got the news, guess what? Lazarus was already dead. Now, again, 40 miles, two days' journey. Martha Goes to the edge of town and she meets Jesus. And the first thing she does, she says to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, what would, have, what, would have, what would not have happened? He would have died. If you would have been here. Indicating what to Jesus? 
But now it's what? It's too late. If you did just So Martha was confident. Lord, if you'd have been here, you could have healed him. You could have healed him. But like a lot of us at times in our life, her faith is incomplete. Now listen to me very carefully, okay? In verse 22, she still says, understands that God would do whatever Christ asked that he do. But Jesus wanted Martha to understand something more important. He could do far more than just heal a person. He wanted Martha to know That he was the son of God and that resurrection and eternal life are in and through him. And his question was, Martha, do you believe that? Do you believe that? And he wanted her to know, and he wants us to know, that everyone, who believes in him will raise from the dead and have eternal life. In the book of John, Jesus makes seven I am statements. And this is the fifth one. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Yes. Right, exactly. And what I like about this, excuse me, he didn't say, I will be the resurrection of life. He said, what? What does that mean? Right now. But again, Dan, I agree with you. She still didn't get it. And I, I'm not throwing stone because I wouldn't have gotten it. Now hear me, folks. I am so glad for today's text. And the older I get in this life, the more it means to me. Yeah, exactly. We need to know. See, Martha knew he, he could heal Lazarus. But that part is over with, right? He's dead. And like Dan said, yes, she believed in future resurrection. She'd been taught that. But she missed the point. Jesus can raise now. He can raise now. So Martha, you know, that's what I know. She affirms her faith in the one she loves so much, in the Lord. She goes back to the house and says, Mary, the Lord's heard. He wants to see you. 
And what's Mary's response? She goes. She goes to meet him. You hear me say it over and over again, folks. It matters what you know. And of course, knowing Christ. Now that we're saved, we need to know what the scriptures say. And knowing that Jesus Christ will raise us from the dead, if, if God carries, knowing that we have eternal life, helps us to live with confidence for Him. And I want to tell you, folks, I am so sure of that. I have determined several years ago not to let anyone or anything shake my faith in Jesus Christ. Because I realize He's the only hope I have. He is the only hope I have. So what did Jesus mean when He said He is the resurrection and the life? What did He mean by that? Yes. You know, it's only through Him, only through His power, that we can be raised from the dead and have eternal life. The sad thing is, whenever bad things happen to people, they try everything to numb the pain. They try alcohol, uh, drugs, pornography, food. My question is then, how can we make sure that our first desire is to turn to God? And why is that best? How can we make sure of that? How can we make sure of that? Absolutely. And, and by the way, let's face it, folks. Everything else you try is going to leave you empty. It's going to fail you. doesn't matter what it is. And my friend, when we keep strong faith, even during trials, it will have an impact on other people's lives. Keeping our faith in Christ. I mentioned a moment ago there were seven I am statements uh, that Jesus made in John. He said, I am the bread of life in John 6. I am the light of the world in John 8. I am the door in John 10. I am the good shepherd in John 10. I am the resurrection life here in chapter 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14. John 15, I am the vine. Now, by the way, uh, you and I who are not Jews, that doesn't really impact us a whole lot. But when a Jew heard somebody say, I am, what are they thinking? He, he's claiming to be God. He is claiming to be God. All right, number one, we can trust his timing. Number two, Jesus gives resurrection and life. And number three... He's compassionate and he's powerful. Verses 30 through 34. Anybody want to read that?
Yeah, to verse 40. Down to verse 44. I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you, Pam. You believe that really happened? Sure it did. Sure it did. Now, uh, it's interesting. Uh, she comes to tell Mary Martha did, and Mary gets to leave. And they thought that she was going out to the grave to weep there. And you'll notice when Mary comes to Jesus... Her reaction is the same as who else's reaction. Yeah. If you'd been here, Lord, if you'd only been here, he wouldn't have died. Now, notice she didn't just say, she was weeping. And the Jews were weeping. The Bible says that Jesus groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He looked around him. Now, by the way, it was customary in that day and time. You would hire professional mourners to go with you to, to grieve. And I know it sounds silly in our day and time, but that was important back then. But Jesus sees all this weeping. And when it says he groaned in the spirit, the Greek word means he snorted like a wild animal inside. But he also was troubled. There was inner turmoil. But Jesus looks around and he sees the heartache of this world. And he knows that sin has caused it. But guess who came to cure that heartache? He did. And the Bible says he looked around. And he wept. And they said, see how he loved her. Then they had a question. This one who had healed other people. Could he not have prevented this? What's the answer? Yes. Now, I know we're about out of time, but let me leave you this important thing. Jesus says here, 
after Martha said, Lord, don't do it. By now, he's starting to smell. And Jesus said to Martha, didn't I tell you earlier, if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God. And you know he did. What about us? Sometimes you're like me, you say, Lord, I don't know if you can fix this mess in my life. I don't know if you can, if, you know, can renew me in my spirit. I know you did it for others, but we have to know what? He can do it for us as well. He can do it for us. He is the resurrection and the life. How many are glad of that? Death has been defeated. Amen. Glory to God. Let's all stand, folks. Thank you so much for coming this morning. Uh, next week, uh, I guess we didn't get it the first time. We're going back to Genesis chapter 1. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. Father, I pray that we'll hide ourselves in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless each one.